Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Last speaker today, closing it out, the closer today is uh, Kevin Hugh. Kevin is a first-generation and low-income college graduate. He graduated from UC Irvine in 2016 and then went off to my alma mater, UC Berkeley, where he received his MBA earlier this year. Uh, Kevin launched uh, his first mentorship program when he was 20 and has continued to launch programs with nonprofits, employee resource groups, and even Washington State. Uh, now he's building a platform called Firstly to make online mentorship accessible and social economically inclusive for students, colleges, and, and employers. Uh, he's worked with institutions such as uh, Cal State Uni- University East Bay, UC Irvine, uh, Chaminade University, and, and William Patterson University to launch the mentorship programs that increase student retention and help with job placement. Kevin, welcome, my friend. Hey, Oscar. Thanks so much for having me. And hey, everyone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. But as I'm pulling that up, just kind of curious, where are you all coming from? Are you students, professionals? Uh, if you're with a college, just curious what colleges are in this room. So feel free to put that in the chat as I'm getting set up. Okay, hopefully you all can see my screen. Um, Yes. Awesome. So first of all, welcome to the session about how to launch mentorship programs to share social capital at your institution or company. Um, This presentation is intended to give you an actionable roadmap of how you can implement low lift yet high impact mentorship programs. So before diving in, I just really encourage you, if you have any questions, feel free to just put it in the chat and I'll try to answer them as they come up. Otherwise, um, I will have some questions uh, or some some time for questions at the end. So feel free to ask there too. Once again, I'm Kevin Hu. I'm the founder and CEO of Firstly. So my family and I immigrated from rural China to the States because we were tired of being poor. I graduated from college, started my career, and finally achieved social and economic mobility. But everyone around me wasn't as lucky. 90% of first-gen and low-income college students drop out, and those who do graduate aren't guaranteed jobs. So I had to ask myself, why was I any different? I realized that I had supportive mentors every step of the way, and so now I'm making sure that all students and professionals have access to high-quality mentorship. Like Oscar said, launched my first program, mentorship program when I was three. I've continued to launch programs with colleges, employee resource groups, and even Washington State. And so here at Firstly, our mission is to accelerate social mobility. And we do so by helping colleges and employers launch online mentorship programs that increase student retention and job placement rates. Before diving into the meat of this presentation, just wanted to give you a brief roadmap. We've spent about five minutes on introductions, 
Um, but we'll spend the next 15 talking about mentorship planning and execution. And you'll get an actionable framework that you can use to make this happen at your organization. This includes program design, participant recruitment, program delivery, and outcomes gathering. I'm also going to talk about some uh, documents and key deliverables that we use in each stage of this process to make it easier. And then last but not least, we'll have some questions for Q&A. So let's dive in with the short amount of time that we have. This is what planning and executing a mentorship program usually looks like. It's a bunch of jumbled up forms, spreadsheets, and slides for your orientation deck, participant signups, pre-program survey, post-program surveys, curriculum, assignment tracking, matching, testimonials, analysis of outcomes. Are you overwhelmed? Well, you're not the only one. Most higher education professionals we've talked with see tremendous value in mentorship, but they don't have enough time and staff needed to launch more programs, especially when they're already having trouble staying afloat with existing programming. But you know, this makes a lot of sense. These challenges make a lot of sense when what they're used to in mentorship planning and execution looks like a jumbled mess, but it doesn't have to be this way. Here at Firstly, we break down the mentorship life cycle into four distinct phases, program design, participant recruitment, program delivery, and outcomes gathering. So let's start with program design. We use one guiding question in each of these stages to help us determine the best strategy for each unique mentorship program. In program design, we ask, who is this program even for? Is it for first-gen students? What year are they in college? Are they commuters, transfers? This is foundational because a program for first-gen freshmen might focus more on sense of belonging and therefore have more peer interactions as opposed to uh, juniors in college who are more focused on career development. It's really important to document the persona of both the students and the mentors because we're going to refer back to this in the later phases of this process. This is going to impact your pre and post assessment, the metrics that you use, as well as the overall program outline that you have. Here at Firstly, we've pulled together programs from a variety of colleges so that you can get inspiration on what other colleges are doing. You don't need to start from scratch because there's so many resources like this available already. Moving on to the next phase, let's talk about participant recruitment. So there's this quote that I always go back to, it takes a village to raise a child. This is especially true in higher education when we need to work together to better support students. What this means in participant recruitment is what support can we get from other campus offices? You know, for example, if you're running a career development program, you might want to reach out to the Alumni Association because um, you can have them help you recruit alumni volunteers and industry specialists. Building partnerships within this space also breaks down the silos that exist on campuses so that we can better serve students. During this phase, you're going to want to draft um, messaging that resonates for that student demographic and identify other ways to reach them aside from just the emails that you send out. Um, one example of this is if you're targeting uh, freshman students, for example, you might want to collaborate with housing on campus to better reach the freshmen uh, and get information to them within their dorms. Just, this is just one way that we can leverage a multi-channel outreach and awareness to um, better increase um, the recruitment process for mentors and mentees. Let's move on to program delivery now. How are students willing and able to participate? 
as we're you're going through this process, it's really important to think about the fit between the modality and the personas. Um, one example I can give you is that mentors find the online format a lot easier, especially if they are uh, career professionals already. Therefore, if you have an online modality for participation, you can get a lot more people to participate and a lot of breadth as it comes to uh, industry expertise. However, one challenge with this is that you need to provide proper training beforehand to the mentors um, so that they know how to interact with the students, but more importantly, um, to make sure that they know how to interact with your demographic of students. If you're in a, a campus office that serves first-gen students, there's a lot that you understand about their experience that mentors might not understand right off the bat. So it's very important that the mentors understand the students that they're working with. Um, one drawback, however, of online events is that um, students typically are Zoom fatigued. Just from my experience being in Zoom meeting all days, it's super exhausting and overwhelming. So if you do go with an online format, it's important to minimize large group events and perhaps prioritize more one-on-one -on -one sessions where um, you're able to actually have a connection between the mentors and the mentees. So, you know, once again, um, depending on the personas of the students that you're trying to serve, as well as um, who you're targeting for the mentors, uh, you need to understand the trade-offs between these different approaches. Now, in terms of the more tactical implementation of this, um, one thing I want to note is that an attendance and participation tracker that's shared with everyone has really helped us. Just having one central place for the requirements of the students is going to be so helpful because it's a portal that they can go back to once they forget. Students, of course, are like super busy while they're in school with all these clubs and balancing midterms and finals and all of that. Um, and it's going to get busy during the semester. So you want to make sure as a program person that's launching a program, make sure you plan a lot of the um, reminders and outreach beforehand and maybe even have that scheduled and automated. Otherwise, you're just going to be scrambling throughout the program to remind folks to complete their assignments. Now, one newer way of program delivery that we're seeing is online flash mentorship. Um, the di distinction between online flash mentorship is that it's meant to be low lift for the mentors, um, especially if they can't commit to like a 10 week program where they meet every week. Um, a lot of them are able to, at, you know, at the bare minimum, just meet once a month with a student and provide uh, specific feedback on like a resume, interview preparation or their LinkedIn profile. Um, so these are different ways that you can bring in a wider group of individuals and just experiment with different program uh, modalities for your mentorship program. So moving on to this next section for outcomes gathering, uh, it's really important to ask what does success look like for both the program uh, and the student? Some common things that we see are sense of belonging, especially for freshmen and sophomores, um, the job placement rate, more relevant for uh, juniors and seniors, and finally, student retention, which is a really important one for sophomores because at a lot of institutions, the sophomore class has the uh, highest uh, dropout or churn rate. So when we look about when we look at the outcomes gathering process, it's really important to think about both qualitative and quantitative data. 
As you're going through this program, you have this big opportunity to do participant experience interviews, just, you know, 15, 20 minute check-ins with your mentees to see how they're doing, uh, to see what issues they might be having in accessing these resources. And this information is going to be invaluable for um, both your testimonials and just understanding how to iterate on this process for the next semester or the next year if you're running this kind of program uh, on an annual basis. You also get a better idea of, you know, what kinds of students are drawn to your program. And, you know, this is especially important because sometimes you might launch programs that are meant for um, first-gen students, but um, this is like a business program and not, not a lot of the students who actually join are first-gen. So you'll be able to um, get a better idea of this for the next semesters and just know how to cater your message so that you're actually helping the student population that you're uh, wanting to help. Now, I will say one thing about uh, the outcomes and gathering process. It takes a little bit of time to get testimonials and uh, it takes a little bit of time for your specific program to kick off and infiltrate the culture within your institution. So um, as you get more of these testimonials, it's really going to signal to students who haven't heard about the program that, hey, this is something that's valuable. So um, you'll probably see this entire process of launching a new program a lot easier um, once it has kind of settled in within the culture. The most important thing I would say for the outcomes gathering process is that longitudinal data is key. You're only going to be able to know so much about your outcomes if you're just um, doing a pre and post so pro uh, program survey because, um, for example, job placement, you don't see the results until one or two years after. So it's really important to maintain a relationship with your participants. Um, and not only that, by maintaining that relationship, you're also going to be able to create a mentor pool that you can, um, you know, outreach to uh, perhaps like the next year as they become a peer mentor instead of just a participant. So I know that this 15 minute session about mentorship just doesn't do it justice because um, it is a very complicated process and a lot of moving parts, but I'm really hoping that this has given you some ideas of what you want to focus on as you're planning uh, and executing your mentorship program. So here at Firstly, we've built a mentorship program platform for students, colleges, employers that really make this mentorship life cycle less overwhelming and complicated. Essentially, we take care of the tactical components of mentorship and delivery so that you can focus more of, on the strategic side of your programs. And so our hope is that by making these programs um, easier for organizations to launch, more students can have access to impactful mentorship locally. Well, thanks so much for your time. I'm happy to answer any questions, but before I do that, I'm just going to paste a Google form onto the Zoom chat. Um, if you're interested in learning more about Firstly or if you need help launching a mentorship program, um, just take a minute to submit the interest form and we'll make sure to reach out accordingly. Uh, but aside from that, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and shoot me an email uh, if you want to connect. And happy to answer any questions from, um, from anyone on the call. Just feel free to unmute or whatever's easy for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And please, uh, folks, uh, like Kevin said, you can either drop it in the chat or unmute yourself. Um, Kevin, a question for you. So as things are beginning, as, as colleges, universities are beginning to open up again and welcome students back on campus, uh, you know, these last two and a half years, it's like we've got used to online. In fact, you and I, 
you know, like many other people here, uh, uh, speakers, we've never met in person. It's just been online. So can you speak to the, the, the importance of the value of creating a mentorship relationship with what I call the high tech and the high touch approach? Mm, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, the way that I kind of interpret that question is how do we balance modalities? Because people yeah. find value in the in-person, but online is here to stay. Is that kind of the essence yes. of your question, Oscar? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, the world is just changing. COVID has engendered this huge shift in online, and that's just not going to go away. And so um, the way that I think about that problem is that how do we create this experience of both online and in person. So it's a, essentially a hybrid modality is going to go a long way. Um, you know, obviously the advantages of online is that students are able to connect with a wider breadth of mentors. And it's a lot easier to do that, especially for first gen students who might be working 20 to 30 hours a week. And with your schedule that's often changing, online just makes that easier. Um, but the way that you can supplement that with that in-person uh, interaction is maybe having an orientation that's actually in person for um, the students to meet each other, for the mentors who are able to attend, and just kind of closing that off um, at the end with some kind of ceremony that celebrates the successes during the program. That way they're able to access the, um, just really the easiness of an online program while still maintaining that um, in-person connection that's really important for these group activities. So that's a kind of line between both. Uh, but I think in a lot of ways, we're all still adapting to this world and just seeing um, what balance works the best. So um, we can offer some insights from some of our partners who have been through that, but it's going to look different for each student body, of course. Sure, sure. Um, another question, Kevin, is, so I'm interested in being a mentor. I've never mentored uh, before so my first time as as a as a mentor what are what are maybe one two or three tips of advice that you would give me in order to foster a healthy um sustainable mentorship uh relationship oh yeah that's that's really important i i think um as mentors you're in this kind of unique role because you have a personal connection with the student and you're able to identify you know what some of their needs are uh, but at the same time it's really important for a mentor to set boundaries uh, with their students um you know we say boundaries but really what i mean by that is having expectations of how to engage if you're not able to uh, be super present on text messaging all the time um, just at least make that known. Um, maybe it's a matter of, hey, like what I want to do is to have a monthly meeting with you, uh, of you every month. I'm not going to be as able to respond um, on an as-needed basis, but I'm going to, you know, at least check my messaging in uh, on the weekends, for example. Obviously, mentors and professionals are really busy, so expressing some of those boundaries up front is just going to be really important for the success of like yourself and your own like mental health and not feeling overwhelmed. Um, one more thing I'd like to add to that is the best mentors always listen and understand their mentees before offering and giving feedback. Um, when we are showing up as mentors, it really should be more about the mentee than yourself. I know there's a lot of positive feelings associated with being a mentor, um, but you know, at the end of the day, 
it's the, the program isn't necessarily to help you. It's for you to pay it forward and kind of lift others up. And so um, when you're giving prescriptive kind of mentorship advice, that's typically not as helpful for the mentees. And they could usually tell in these sessions as well. So if you're having a session and you uh, with a mentee and you have the same kind of session with every mentee and you talk about the same things, then you're probably not tailoring that experience enough to that person. Yeah. Ooh. Great points here. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Kevin, I'm I'm really glad that we were able to connect through this summit, you and I, and as I've gotten to know you and what your company offers, uh, it's it's awesome. And um, I uh, I I also feel just very uh, fortunate that we came across because I love engaging with people that are doing something about a challenge that they personally experienced versus kind of like a woe is me you're more of like how can i make it better for others and so i appreciate that ab about you kevin thank you for joining us uh on this first gen summit um and again uh kevin and i think uh either Brittany or helica one of them also dropped the link to connect with him on linkedin so please folks connect uh, with kevin thank you kevin Thanks so much for having me and have a good rest of your day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com. Thank you.